RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Sources say the government will report 20 new coronavirus cases today as fears mount about the latest outbreak. Police arrest seven people in relation to the stabbing of a police officer during July 1st protests. And Joshua Wong urges the public not to be intimidated, but to get out and vote in the pan-Democrats primary poll this weekend. Sources say all schools will have an early summer break. The Education Secretary, Kevin Young, is set to meet the media at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Health officials are also expected to report more than 20 coronavirus infections later today. Vicky Wong reports. Some of the new patients are said to be residents of the Shui Chun O estate in Sha Tin. A 66-year-old woman who lives there was confirmed to have COVID-19 on Tuesday and more than a 1,000 residents from her block have been tested for the virus. A Sha Tin district councillor, Yao Man Chun, said more than 10 residents have been taken to hospital since last night. Three more taxi drivers were among the 39 coronavirus cases reported yesterday. This morning, the health secretary, Sophia Chan, revealed the authorities will talk to the taxi industry about the phased testing of drivers. Speaking on RTHK, she said bottles will be distributed to all drivers for saliva samples. At the same time, an infectious disease expert at the Chinese University is urging the cancellation of this year's book fair to try to prevent the coronavirus outbreak from getting worse. Professor David Ho says if the government does decide to go ahead with the event next Wednesday, the number of visitors must be controlled and everyone must wear face masks. A prominent virologist says the government must be vigorous to try to contain the outbreak as fast as possible. Malek Perez from the University of Hong Kong says the resurgence of local cases is extremely worrying, especially as there are a number of different clusters, including one involving taxi drivers. Professor Perez told RTHK that people in taxis should keep the windows open to allow for better ventilation and warned that socialising without a face mask was a greater risk. The Hong Kong Federation of Trade Unions has suggested that the government ask mainland health officials to provide support for territory-wide testing. The party's lawmaker, Alice Mack, says the local medical system lacks the capacity for testing on this scale. She says people at higher risk, such as the elderly and nursing home staff, should get priority. If you're asking for a territory-wide test for all Hong Kong residents, then our medical system may not be able to support the capacity. So we will need help from the central government. Either the central government can send a medical team to do the test for Hong Kong residents, or we can get the specimen in Hong Kong and send the specimen back to the mainland for test. And then we can get the report via internet. The police have arrested five men and two women for allegedly assisting a man in relation to the stabbing of a police officer during the July 1st protests. The group aged from 24 to 71 are accused of helping the man attempt to flee Hong Kong. The police said one of them was the girlfriend of the man who's now charged with wounding with intent. His senior superintendent, Yao Kin Hong, from the Commercial Crime Bureau. Of course, we have information to suggest they knew well that the uh, culprits were uh, fugitive and uh, escaping police investigation, and that's why we caused the arrest of the seven persons. And altogether, they assist the culprit to arrange the air ticket and also transport to uh, get to the airport. 
The Civil Service Minister, Patrick Nipp, says civil servants who violate a planned oath will be handled in accordance with existing laws and disciplinary mechanisms and won't be immediately sacked. He made the comments while briefing lawmakers on a plan to require new government workers and some existing staff to take an oath to uphold the basic law and swear allegiance to the SAR. Mr Nipp says officials will study if the mechanism needs to be strengthened so follow-up actions can be taken more quickly. Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuck Ting says the new oath is a crackdown on dissent. It's a threatening tactic to deter public servants not to express opinions which may not in line with the government's stance. I'm also worried the government may make use of all kinds of excuses to suppress all the outspoken public servants to make sure they will all be the yes-men in the future. Joshua Wong, former leader of the now disbanded Demosisto group, is urging people to vote in the pan-Democrats primary poll this weekend because he says there's no guarantee the September LegCo elections will go ahead. He dismissed government allegations that the primaries could violate laws, describing this as a tactic intended to have a chilling effect on people. With the threats from national security law, which is not a surprise that we need to face the possibility of Beijing hardline crackdown on Hong Kong and to cancel the election on early September directly. Some of the citizens in Hong Kong might wish to vote on September and might have the preference not to vote on the upcoming primary election. But with such uncertainty of cancelling election by Beijing, it's important for every people and every voters come out to vote. Every vote counts and also matter to show our discontent to Beijing. A handful of people have protested outside the Housing Authority headquarters in Homantin, urging the authorities to prevent pan-Democrats from holding their primaries at district councillors' offices. The pro-democracy camp is planning to set up around 250 polling booths at roadsides across Hong Kong, at some pro-democracy shops and in councillor offices, some of which are in public housing estates. Members of the Chinese traditional cultures exchange allowance, chanted slogans and accused the camp of using public, funny, public facilities and money for private purposes. A funeral for the late casino tycoon Stanley Ho is currently underway at the North Point Funeral Home. Dozens of government officials, politicians, celebrities and business tycoons have arrived to bid their final farewell and the pallbearers will include Chief Executive Carrie Lam, former leader Tung Chi Hua and Deputy Director of the Liaison Office Tan Tian Yu. The Clean Air Network has welcomed Hong Kong's first low-emission ferry service, but it says the government should invest more money to transform in-harbour vessels to electric. The Star Ferry Company changed one boat, the Morning Star, into a diesel-electric ferry on the route between Wan Chai and Jim Sa Choi. The government contributed $3 million of the $8 million cost. The CEO of Clean Air Network, Patrick Fung, urged the government to subsidise more green initiatives to reduce the cost to, computers, to I'm sorry, commuters and speed up the process. Ferry, the distance is not that long. So I would definitely say we should also look at electric ferry. I think at the moment, if the other concern is whether the government should pay even more to buy back the clean air, I would say we welcome the idea. There are two advantages, at least say the commuters do not have to pay a lot more for a more greener ferry. And secondly, the operators will be willing to do the shift. If we are not going to get the operators on board, the process would only be stored like what we see on the road transport. Overseas now, and voting is underway in Singapore's general election where strict safety measures are in place to stop the spread of the coronavirus. The People's Action Party, which has governed the city-state since the 1960s, is widely expected to win. Is the BBC's Sharon Jetlail. 
Some 2.65 million Singaporeans are going to the polls today in what's been dubbed the pandemic election. Precautions have been put in place at the polling stations, including temperature screenings, while masks and disposable gloves are mandatory. The ruling People's Action Party are expected to be voted in again, but concerns around the economy and the impact the pandemic has had will determine by how much. The United States has announced sanctions against mainland politicians in Xinjiang, blaming them for human rights violations against Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities. Washington accuses the Chinese government of carrying out various abuses in the region, including mass detentions and religious persecution. Here's the BBC's Michael Bristow. The sanctions target any US-based financial interests belonging to Xinjiang's Communist Party boss Chen Chengguo, who's also a member of China's Politburo. He was previously in charge in Tibet, where he brought in similar tough policies of control. Three other Chinese officials and Xinjiang's police department have also been sanctioned. Washington said it wanted to punish those responsible for human rights abuses against Muslim minorities in Xinjiang. China's thoughts have detained hundreds of thousands of people there, most of them ethnic Uyghurs, in re-education camps. President Trump has reacted furiously to a ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court that decided New York prosecutors can have access to his financial records. Mr. Trump said he was the victim of a political witch hunt. The court made clear that he wasn't immune from criminal investigations, but the judges didn't rule in favour of an attempt by Congress to see his tax returns. The Democratic Congresswoman Jackie Speer criticised Mr. Trump's comments. Listening to the president is reason enough for everyone to be concerned. Um, he is truly unhinged when he says this is a political witch hunt. He needs to be reminded that it was the Supreme Court strong Republican leaning that came down with these two decisions. Police in California say Naya Rivera, one of the stars of the American TV show Glee, is presumed dead after going missing. On Wednesday, her four-year-old son was found alone in a boat on Lake Piru. The boy told investigators he'd been swimming with his mother, but she never returned. Chris Dyer is from the Ventura County Sheriff's Office. The latest is that we've uh, switching efforts into a search and recovery operation here out at Lake Piru for Miss Rivera. Now, that doesn't change anything, and the efforts that we're putting forth to locate her but it kind of changes the title in a sense. We're, we're presuming that an accident happened and we're presuming that she drowned in the lake. The Brazilian government says it's planning to issue a decree next week banning fires in the Amazon rainforest for four months. The announcement was made by the vice president, Hamilton Morau, after a video conference with leading global investors. Our assessment is obvious. They want to see results. And what's the result we can present? An effective reduction in deforestation. Once we're able to show consistent data, the resources that are there will be reopened for projects related to the development, protection and preservation of the Amazon. And politicians in the Philippines are due to vote shortly on whether to grant the country's top broadcaster a license to continue operating. ABS-CBN was ordered to stop operations in May when a congressional panel accused it of bias against the president. Currencies now. The US dollar is trading at 106.98 yen. The euro is at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 75 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,769. That's 440 points down on the previous close and turnover stands at $108 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. Manchester United have maintained their push for Champions League football next season with a convincing win at Aston Villa. 
Goals from Bruno Fernandes, Mason Greenwood and Paul Pogba made it a 3-0 win for United. They're within a point of fourth place Leicester City in the Premier League table. Here's the United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Confidence is huge uh, in football. Everything's played up there. We, we know they've got skills, but how you prepare, how you come into a game is vital. And uh, uh, the focus of these, this group is brilliant now. They've, they know that we've, uh, we've got four games to go in this league and uh, they're all important. Aston Villa remains second from bottom, four points from safety. Tottenham paid a visit to Bournemouth in a game that finished nil-nil. It was a blow to Spurs' hopes of playing in Europe next season. They're currently ninth in the table. Manager Jose Mourinho says the physical conditioning of his players became an issue during the match. Today was not luck of attitude at all. I felt that some of the boys were really tired. I made uh, a couple of changes, especially in midfield, because I felt that some of the boys there were really in trouble by playing two days uh, before. In attacking areas, we lack a little bit of, uh, of sharpness, of decision. Uh, so in the end, it's, it's quite uh, uh, frustrated, but um, that's the way it is. Bournemouth almost won in stoppage time when Callum Wilson's overhead kick touched the arm of a teammate before it went into the net. Manager Eddie Howe says time is running out for them to avoid relegation. We're well aware that with every game that goes by, it's a missed opportunity. But I think the important thing tonight was we stopped um, the losing run. That was absolutely vital. Um, it's edged just a little bit closer to the teams above us. It gives us heart and, and confidence that we're still in the fight. And I think we answer that question to the outside world as well, that we're, we're still here. Um, it's not the win we wanted, but hopefully that's the turning point that we needed. In the other Premier League game, it finished one all between Everton and Southampton. In Spain, Sevilla look well-placed for Champions League football next season. They came from behind to win 2-1 away to Athletic Bilbao. Sevilla now six points clear of fifth place Villarreal. And finally, in cricket, the West Indies are on top after the second day of the first test against England in Southampton. The home side were bowled out for 204, with Jason Holder and Shannon Gabriel taking all 10 wickets between them. West Indies closed today on 57 for one in reply. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the main stories once again. Sources say the government will report 20 new coronavirus cases today. Police arrest seven people in relation to the stabbing of a police officer during July 1st protests. And Joshua Wong urges the public not to be intimidated, but to get out and vote in pan-democrat primary polls this weekend. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, this Friday afternoon. It's the 10th of July today, and uh, many thanks to Phil for this morning's morning brew. We're going to start today's program by learning about traditional screen printing, which is one of the oldest printing techniques in the world. And we'll be chatting with Timothy Muller, the lab manager of the Mills Fabrica. And uh, Timothy will be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. If you want to learn all about screen printing, traditional screen printing, this oldest uh, an ancient printing technique, and its relevance today and why more young people are interested in learning this, then stay tuned. Uh, the interview will be on Facebook Live as well. So join us there, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And after the 2 o'clock news, Karen Coe and myself will be bringing you the Agenda Cafe. And this week, uh, we'll be chatting about mental health and young people and uh, the impact of COVID-19 and the challenges that young people have been facing uh, in the past uh, six months. And we'll be chatting with Charlotte Chan, who is the website manager, sorry, the website project coordinator of Cool Minds, uh, which is a joint venture uh, between Mind Hong Kong and the Kelly Support Group, and also uh, Nicole Tan, who's a secondary school student from HKIS, along with Serena Lee, who is a year four student studying psychology at the University of Hong Kong. So three wise young people. And we want to hear from you as well. So feel free to drop us an 